everyone, and welcome back to the Rockcast, a podcast made by Rockcrest University students for Rockcrest University students and anyone who's interested in life here at Rockhurst. Today, in episode three of season two, we will talk to Katia, who leads the Soul Organization on our campus, and we have just finished Hispanic Heritage Month. So we'll talk to Katia about that, as well as why campus organizations are so important to students here. We'll also talk with Daniel about his service immersion trip to Alabama, a group of 12 Rockhurst students towards cities and sites that were foundational in the civil rights movement in the United States. So we definitely can't wait to hear about that. But first, let's introduce our Rockcast members for today. Tell us who you are, where you're from, what's your major and year, and then since it's fall now, tell us what's your go-to coffee drink this time of year. And do you prefer Einstein's or the roastery? Okay, hello. My name is Sydney Truesdale. I'm a senior nursing student and I have a minor in Spanish. I am from St. Louis, Missouri. And ooh, I I'm definitely a coffee versus a tea person. I no matter what time of year it is, I I like a iced coffee. I don't know. I don't know that I have a favorite coffee. I'm kind of this me this is kind of basic. I I do love a good caramel frappuccino from Starbucks. Anything nice. where it's like sugar with my coffee you know what I mean anything like that I like and then I definitely think Einstein's is better than the roastery um in my opinion I I love bagels and bagel sandwiches and so I don't really go to Einstein's unless I'm getting like a bagel but I I don't really go to the roastery that often I think I've only had it like one time I don't know so maybe I'm maybe I'm not the person to ask (laughs) (laughs) Well, hello, my name is Daniel Arroyo. Um, I'm a sophomore here at Rockhurst University. Uh, My major is political science and theatrical arts. I'm on my pre-law track currently. We're still discerning that. And my favorite coffee drink around this time, you know what? I'm gonna have to go with a cinnamon spice, a cinnamon spice, um, warm, yeah, we're going to go for warm, cinnamon, spice, warm coffee. And you can find that at any local chain or Starbucks. Or I, I'm going to have to say Einstein's. Hi, I'm Katia Rubio. I'm a sophomore. Uh, my hometown is Heber Springs, Arkansas. Uh, my major right now is biomedical engineering. And my go-to coffee drink, so my normal Starbucks order is an a venti iced um, chai latte with oat milk and cream cold foam. So now that it's cold, it's just um, the, it's it's not iced. And then I get pumpkin cream cold foam instead. And then I prefer Einstein's to study, but to get like coffee, I prefer the roastery. So I'm kind of in between. Nice. That's that's fancy. I now I need to spice up my Starbucks order. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. But yes, everyone. <laughs> my name is Brianna Murrow. I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm a junior majoring in physics of medicine. I would say that my go-to coffee drink, um, similar to Sydney, I like the sweets in it, mm-hmm. but I like and iced coffee. But if I were to go to Starbucks, I would probably get um, pretty basic a caramel ribbon crunch frappuccino. Oh, um, so time. good. I like a little bit of texture, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but yes, but as far as like the Einstein's versus the roastery, hmm, I've actually only had coffee from a roastery and I've had a pretty good experience. So that's the only thing I can base it off of. <laughs> but yes, so 
Thank you so much for introducing yourselves. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, comment, rate, and review us wherever you go to get your podcast. And if you're watching this as a Zoomcast, you can find us at youtube.com slash rockerstalk. So you just met her in the introduction, but we are so happy to have Katia Rubio with us today. Katia is the president of Soul on campus. So welcome. So Katia, can you tell us about your organization and its purpose on campus? Yes, so um, I'm the president of Soul Student Organization of, of Latinx. Um, kind of our purpose is like celebrating Latinx culture um, like through campus and through the community along with like, you know, supporters of, of people who are actually Latinx or our allies. So again, like you do not have to be Latinx to be in Seoul. Um, we're trying to promote like di diversity and inclusion. And like one thing we're kind of hoping and kind of slowly building on is working with other organizations um, like we've done with Voices to kind of bring awareness of like certain problems that people of color face um, that typically not other people, you know, and kind of just bringing awareness and like you know solutions to how to fix that in like a small stance and then you know you know building up to like bigger things. Oh I love that so much. I love everything that you all been doing on campus so it's so <laughs> so what is involved in your role as president? Like what does the typical life of the president of Seoul look like? <laughs> so um I feel like my role is not going to be as typical as like roles of other clubs just because um, coming in our e-board is really small and we're all completely new so I kind of just oversee everything um, I'm kind of telling I feel I, I hate doing this but like, I'm kind of telling people what to do I'm being not bossy but I'm telling you know like hey do this we need to send these emails you know get in contact with this person um, you know, can we go set this up, you know, kind of just telling people like what to do. And then like, I'm kind of the main source of communication, um, with people. So like whenever things come up about like certain, like Mindy Pettigrew and like the bookstore have reached out to me for things, obviously they come to me, um, as a president. So I'm kind of the main source of communication right now. Um, but then I'm just kind of overseeing everyone. And then like, I step in, like when, when like people can't be there, I like, you know, take up that position while they're like, you know, going through something like that. So just kind of just a bit of everything. There's not a, I feel like yeah. there's not such like standards that I do there. I kind of go between with everyone, especially kind of like our e-board being a little small. No, yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Like the first thing that came to mind was like delegating tasks, but like that's like a great skill set to have as president. I definitely, that's really great. Um, that you all are still going, like, even with the small e like, definitely can do a lot. So that kind of <laughs> just you. made me think about it a little bit. So, like, if you were to think about any, like, goals that you have for Seoul or, like, your hopes or, like, dreams for, like, what Seoul would look like in the future, what do you think that would be? Um, so right now, I think our main thing, which is something we're slowly on a better path to, is getting our numbers back up and getting more events. Um, so last semester, I was just a general member and, um, you know, our numbers were really, really low this semester. Like our first, I don't know how many people we had, like the whole, um, our meeting was in a Rupe 320, that whole room was filled with people and I was just kind of shocked. Awesome. Um, you know, the numbers haven't kept up as much as because like, uh, you know, first meeting, everyone comes, 
and then like you know school starts life starts uh you can't always come to meetings but the numbers have been a lot higher than they last semester and so that's kind of what I'm hoping for is like keeping these numbers growing, uh, you know, and having Seoul be promoted as a bigger thing and doing more like events on campus. Like right now, the bookstore partnered with us to do like shares for Dia de los Muertos. And so like that was a big thing for us. So like they really helped us out with that. Um, so it's just like our main thing, kind of like getting our numbers back up and then like doing more events that people are like, oh, like, you know, remember like this is when Seoul's going to do their thing, their annual mm -hmm. thing or something, you know, create like, like a culture, like traditions um, here at Rockhurst University. That's so cool. And I remember like the different events that you all have for Seoul Week. And I will never forget, like, I think it was like one of the last, um, definitely correct me. I can't remember the name of the drink, but like they were in like these, these little glass bottles. Oh, Jaritos. Yes, I remember that <laughs> one last one, and there was two students going back and forth like, no, I want it. No, I want it. I'll pay double for it. And so it was just so hilarious. But mm -hmm. I that's funny. That you all were able to do that because, like, I've never seen, like, Seoul do something like that. So mm -hmm. it was eye-opening and then being able to learn so much. So I definitely love that for you all. Thank you. Like, for you all, like, how was Hispanic Heritage Month, like, for your organization, like, what do you hope to see on campus and in the community moving forward? Um, so Hispanic Heritage Month was from September 15th to October 15th. So it recently just ended. Um, we had our soul week. So we kind of just like, you know, brought a bit of our culture. Like you said, we had jarritos, we had taquis, we had um, paletas tropicanas, we had bracelets, all those other things. Um, we played loteria. So like it was a good way to kind of like sprinkle in a bit of our culture. Um, if you don't know what loteria, it's basically like bingo. Um, the cards are huge and like they're like of different characters and stuff like that um and so that was really fun like our main thing uh with hispanic hispanic heritage month was working with hdf with the which is a hispanic um development fund i always forget what the d the d okay. yes hispanic development fund um <laughs> And so they do Cambio for Cambio, which is uh, raising money for um, like uh, the Casey area, like scholar, like scholarships for them. So which a lot of Rockhurst um, students get money from them. So that was like our main kind of goal, because like that money goes back to the community. And so it was, you know, pretty successful for what we could do because we're, you know, we're a small uh, community. But like that was just our main thing. Um, what I hope to see with community going forward is like the support that we got from different organizations and people continuing on throughout the years, um, throughout the months, and not just because it was Hispanic Heritage Month. So seeing that support continue and grow um, from here forward. Definitely. I definitely can't wait to see like the different events that happens in the future and like, like, and like keeping that momentum up. Um, I think it'll be something that's great for all the different organizations. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna like the three of us right now. We all I know. <laughs> a different organization. So like power trio. I know, right? <laughs> Minds, BSU, yeah. soul. Mm -hmm. And so what's really cool about it is we can be so creative in the ways that we partner with each other. So I definitely can't wait oh, to like sure. set that precedent for like the years to come. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, I agree. I think. I think across the board for organizations um, coming out of COVID and all that kind of stuff, um, I think once we start to have more events, I think 
Um, I've heard that sentiment echoed by a lot of people that we want to like keep the momentum going and collaboration and like working with mm-hmm. a lot of other people and having a lot of new ideas is a common theme I've heard this year. So guys, we got to come together. <laughs> <I'm just Yeah>. saying. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and it kind of like, like even our conversation right now, it definitely brings us into our next topic, which is the importance of campus organizations. But yeah, so like in our second topic, like as previous listeners to the season will know, um, all three of us are in leadership positions, like you just said, um, and we've heard from Katya. So Sydney, can you tell the listeners again what you do with Active Minds and what that is? Yes, absolutely. So Active Minds is the mental health organization on campus. We are, Active Minds is a national organization. Um for college students dedicated to destigmatizing mental health. Um, and it was, yeah, it was started um, by a woman whose brother um, experienced like suicidal ideation. And she was like, how can I change the conversation um, and prevent a tragedy in the future? And so she developed Active Minds. And then, um, you know, however many years later, here we are, there's, um, uh, chapters at campuses all across the country. And yeah, basically our meetings are centered around providing a space for people to talk about mental health and kind of start those conversations and really trying to end the stigma of mental health. Um, because no matter who you are, um, you have some experience with it. Um, you know, everyone has a bad day and whether, even if you don't have, you know, a diagnosed mental illness, mental disorder, you, still experience mental health as it affects your daily life. You know, we all get anxious and depressed and we all have, um, it affects us all. And so I really like that about um, Active Minds. And yeah, I think our meetings, we, we just had our Active Minds week a few weeks ago, as I talked about a couple, on the last episode. Um, and that's my favorite event. We have Be the Light and we have speakers who come and talk and um, share their mental health journeys and they're all rocker students. And that's one of my favorite events because you really get to see, um, you know, the impact that it has on all people. And it really, you know, they might be people who you would never expect to be struggling. And I think that's such an important message is that, you know, we're all struggling and we can all be there for each other and we all have um, the ability to impact other people. So that's really kind of the heart of Active Minds and what we do. Um, but like Katya was saying, we also are trying to find ways to collaborate this year. And that's one of our goals is trying to reach out to organizations and really diversify our members and diversify the conversation about mental health. Um, and, you know, really kind of put ourselves out there as an organization and education and resource for students. So yeah, that's, that's what we're about. I love that. I know I went to, um, be the light and it was amazing. I love going every year. Um, so yes, I can't wait to go to it again. Thank you. That you all have. So yes. I know for me, um, as like many of the previous listeners may know, like I represent the Black Student Union. And I would say that, like, with BSU, um, one of our main goals is to increase that awareness and um, being able to just educate and um, uplift and empower not only Black students, but being able to share our stories, um, of course, in those comfortable spaces, in those comfortable environments, and then being able to kind of shed light 
on the different things that um, the Black community goes through, and not only on campus, but in the greater um, state and the greater <laughs> country that we live in. And I think um, what I love about BSU so much mm-hmm. is that at campus, we can increase our diversity on campus as much as we want. However, if we don't have a changing and evolving environment in which they can retain and stay, then it's pretty much no point in increasing diversity, you know? And so I really love that BSU is that space and is that environment where anyone can come. Um, Just like Katia said, like, you don't have to be Latinx to come to Seoul, just like you don't have to be Black to come to BSU. Um, Anyone can come to BSU. And so I like that we're giving that space to students to have those typical conversations and to push past their comfortability to have those conversations. Um, So it's been a really great journey so far. Um, Previously in our meetings, we talked about Pan-Africanism, and we talked about critical race theory, um, generational black trauma. And so like, we kind of just like go down the list with different things. Um, And like Sydney said, like we hope to do more events in the future. Um, We had our first ever 90s theme cookout this year, and it was so much um seeing everyone get creative with their different outfits and everything and we were dancing <laughs> singing we were barbecuing I was just it super- looks like you guys had a good turnout yeah it was a really good turnout yeah, absolutely. Um, I was surprised too because we tried to fit it in um before it got cold so I think we did it like mm-hmm. mid-October mm-hmm. um but it was just such an amazing experience and then like I remember people were coming by saying can we still join? Like, is it too late to get a ticket? Like, can you still come? I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it was a great time. So like having like times like that where like people can see BSU like in person, see what we're about. was like a great way to like continue to get our names out there when it comes to our organ. So yeah, see where it goes. And like, like we said earlier, like I know that there's so much creativity, um, especially with amongst the three of us, but also all the other presidents on campus mm-hmm. have those collaborations. So I can't wait to see what we come up with in the future. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you get involved with the uh, BSU? Have you so, been doing it since freshman year? Yes. Yeah, so I okay. started freshman year um, and I, it's really crazy. Like I remember my freshman year, I would always come to BSU. Cause I'm like, we can't miss a BSU. I remember <laughs> in the calf chilling, we're like BSU. So we'd be running down the, <laughs> via Rupe and running into BSU because we didn't want it to be late um and I remember what stood out to me was the juniors at the time and they were just so nice like they talked to us as if they were we were all friends as if we were family and that's what I like with the difference between high school and college like it didn't feel like a power dynamic like they treated us like we were one of them and so now me being a junior like I hope that like the first year students feel the same way about me like now, I could kind of honestly care less, you know, what year you are, but like, I'm just happy that you're here and being able to truly be able to welcome you into our organization. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's kind of how I got started. What about you, Katia? How did you get involved with Soul in the beginning? Um, so I'm a sophomore, so freshman year, so literally last year, um, I fell in love with Seoul. So I came from like a predominantly white school. I'd never really had people I can connect to. Um, when I heard about Seoul, I was like, oh my gosh, like I have to join, like I want to really be there. And I think last year, like they really struggled. I think a lot of clubs struggled with like, um, you know, organization because of COVID and like events and like your numbers and stuff like that. But like, for every event, like every meeting, I was there. Like, I don't know, I didn't care if I 
I was like you, Brie. I was like running to get there because I was like, okay, like I love soul. I was, I helped a lot with like um, whenever they had their soul weekend. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. Like I, you know, I get to table, I get to talk to people, whatever. And I thought it was so fun uh, being tabling at uh, Soul Week. Um, and so then come elections, um, like there was really not many people applying. And I was like, you know, like, that's so sad. Like, why would we let this, you know, beautiful organization kind of just die off? Because like, there's not many people, you know, interested in it right now. And I was like, okay, like, I was like, I don't know anything, but let me sign me up for president then, you know, we'll have elections, <laughs> we'll do it. Like, I don't know anything, but, you know, I'll get some guidance, you know, I'll get some help. Like, I just really don't want to see this organization kind of die, you know? And so I think, that's really how I got involved with it because I just fell in love with it and I still am and kind of you know it seeing our numbers go up a lot since last semester is like I'm like okay like I did this for a good reason and it's paying back so like I don't know I just I just fell in love with soul from the beginning it was a it's a beautiful organization that's awesome yeah I also I mean with active minds kind of the same as both of you have been saying, I remember free stuff fair just walking around and I had promised myself going into freshman year that I was going to put myself out there like right at the beginning and just try stuff. And if I didn't like it, I was just going to, you know, I could take my name off the email list. No big deal. <laughs> so I was just kind of signing up for a lot of things because I was just trying to figure out, you know, who I was and like what I wanted to do. And one of the things that stood out to me was um, active minds because I have a lot of friends who've experiences with mental health and I struggle with it myself. And so it was just kind of a, um, as a mission that kind of just really stuck it, stood out to me. But so I was like, Oh, you know, I'll go check it out. And then I got to the meetings and like Brie was saying, um, the e-board that year was super, super welcoming. And it was a mix of, you know, older students and younger students. And we all kind of just, it was just a space to like hang out and, um, you know, have liberal conversations, but also like just kind of just a space for community building. And um, that was something that I really just fell in love with. And obviously I'm super passionate about mental health. Like I could talk about it all day, but um, so that was something that I really connected with. And I, I don't know, I'm really, really, really glad that I was able to put myself out there, you know, and, and get involved in e position last year. I was the PR chair. Um, and that was quite a lot of work, actually had no idea, <laughs> never done that before. And so that was quite a bit of work. And then, you know, that I was doing other leadership stuff and I kind of took a look at what mattered to me the most and was able to narrow it down. And I was like, cause I knew that if I was going to do another e-board position, I would want to do like vice president or president. And then. Um, I was like, you know, I really feel like I need to have the time to dedicate myself to the club. So I kind of just took a look at everything and I was like, you know, this is something I want to do. And I applied and here we are. But for sure, the most like rewarding thing about Active Minds is just getting to see the impact that we make on the community. And especially like both of you guys were saying with like Soul Week and your 90s cookout, like events like that, that bring our or, you know, bring people from outside of our club to the club, like having an event where other people can come and, you know, getting to talk to people afterwards who are like, I really loved this event, like for Be The Light, they're always like, um, you know, they were talking to me and they're like, you know, this really made an impact on me. I'm so glad that you guys have this. And that is really kind of why I do it. It's just to start those conversations and 
it really, it really, it means a lot to me when people come up and say, you know, how much our club has impacted them. Cause that's the whole point. So yeah, that's the part I love the most. I love that. And like, it's so similar because I start off as PR as well. It's so funny that like we start off kind of like very similar. Right. But like, I didn't even realize this, but we have more than 75 organizations on campus. And so like, why do you all believe that like organizations are so important for students at Rutgers? Um, I guess for me, well, I didn't even know we had that many clubs, either organizations. Um, it's just about representation, you know, kind of, you know, college is a bit more you're developing as like an adult, you know, you're finding who you are. And you want to just kind of be with people who like are like minded like you or share the same things or like, you know, what your goal is like. And so I think that's just the main, like, the biggest thing is, like, your representation to make sure, like, your voice is heard and, like, you're not the only one who thinks this or wants to do that or is experiencing this. Yeah, I think, you know, I think we've all kind of said the same thing, but organizations, you know, like you were saying, I think it's a space for people to have that sense of community and, you know, college is about getting a degree, but at the same time, you know, you grow a lot as a person in those four years. And a lot of my growth has come through the organizations that I've been a part of and the experiences I've gotten to do through that. And, you know, like leadership or events and meeting people um, of, you know, different backgrounds and life experiences and getting to know them in that way and grow in that way for me has been really impactful. And that's a huge part of college, I think too. So I think it's really important. Yeah. What I, do you think, Bray? I honestly definitely agree. Like, even, like, being, like, an RA, like, I've seen the different impacts of, like, students who are in organizations versus students who aren't. And it's not mm-hmm. that you're required or it's mandatory that you join an organization, but I really believe that it truly allows you to immerse yourself into the campus community and allows mm-hmm. you to do something different. Like, I think it's nice to be able to step out of just – strictly academics all day long and like (laughs) express yourself in a different way and I don't know that's why I'm really grateful for the different organizations that we are in like I'm in like a lot of different organizations and I can honestly say that like one organization is nowhere near like the same as the other like we're all unique in our different ways and I think that's what makes it so great um but yeah um I guess I kind of like to wrap up this section like what do you all believe is the most rewarding part about being in your specific position in your organization? Um, For me, I guess it's kind of like how Sydney was saying. It's like when people tell you like, hey, like you're doing a really good job or like, hey, like I want to join or like, you know, when people personally come up and tell you how good your organization is or how like amazing it is, you know, like because, you know, I think we can all agree, like, being on eboard, planning everything is such a hassle, you know, getting according to everyone's schedule and planning, like, you know, setting up is such a, like, it's a lot to really do, you know, with being full time. And so whenever someone shows, like, even the smallest little bit of appreciation, like, that's just, I'm like, it makes my heart just melt, like, I'm like, okay, I'm doing this for, like, a good reason, and it's paying off. But, like, that's just, like, to me, the most rewarding part. I love that. Like, I would say, like, I remember when I first ran for president and I remember in my little mini speech (laughs) that I had to do, um, I honestly don't remember anything that I said, but I remember one specific line because someone brought it up to me afterwards. 
but I remember saying that like, you know, I do not want you to vote for me just because I'm your RA, just because I'm your friend, just because you think that like, we're cool, we're buddies. Like, I was like, I want you to vote for me because like you truly see and feel the passion that I have for this organization. And I do know that I will do everything that I can to push it into greater heights. And so like, since then, like I've fueling that passion. Um, and I think that's the most rewarding experience. Like it's one thing to like help grow an organization just to do it. But like when you're genuinely passionate about it and happy to see success and see how much we're breaking through those barriers and seeing how much we're changing from like the years prior to now, it's just been an amazing experience. And I really love that being able to connect with people on campus and in the community. I remember, um, well, not I remember because it happened this week, but literally <laughs> one day, um, Sly James was here. He's the former mayor of Kansas City. And um, he was giving, um, he was a visiting lecture um, for the series that we have going on here at Rockhurst. And so afterwards he came to talk to BSU. And I think that was just really great because, you know, that's just like another connect in the community. So I've just seen like doors open and opportunities for other people on campus. So, yes. Hear that? <laughs> yeah. That? Yeah. Do you have a secret animal? You have a pet? What does it sound like? It sounds like a drill on my end. Like so. Like they're working uh, something. It was giving me like cat vibes. <laughs> really? Mm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, for active minds, I think going back to what I was saying earlier, just I think as presidents, we're in such a unique position to guide the future of the club and to, um, you know, take it in direction that we want it to go. And so no matter what we're affecting people and students on campus, whether it's members or others. And, you know, I think the commonality between all of us is that we're so passionate about what we believe in. And I think that really um, guides how we think and what we do in our club. And yeah, the most rewarding part is I love vulnerability and I think it's so powerful and has the power to change and um, you know start important conversations and you know when people come to me and you know open up about their life I love that and I love getting to have real conversations with people and talk about things that um, should be talked about all the time but aren't yet and really like breaking down those barriers is my favorite part and getting to put on events where, um, yeah, people get to come in and see what we're all about. And I just love active minds as a whole and I'm passionate about mental health. So that's the most rewarding part is just seeing other people enjoy it. I love that. But yes, yeah, so I know like we can be busy being like in charge of different organizations and just being so heavily involved on campus. But as you may know, every leader needs a break. <laughs> <laughs> into our next topic with fall break and service immersion trips um so yeah so fall break was last week how did you all find time to relax or did you spend it in another way i was so thankful for this break i don't know what it is about this year but whoever told me that senior year is gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be so easy was lying but i I just I've just here um, with different things going on and all the things I'm involved in. So I have been really, really looking forward to fall break. And um, I had an exam this morning, actually, that um, I had to study for a little bit over break. And 
I had plans to study like every day, you know, all day. And I was like, I'm going to prepare. I have so much time. Did not do that at all. Um, I didn't start studying until like Monday when I got back, but honestly, I think it was for the best. I really think I needed that time to reset and just, I don't think even, I knew I was like feeling like I need a break, but I don't even think I realized how much because I got home and I just, I was able to go see my brother. Um, he is a cross country runner at his high school. So I went to one of his meets and just like was hanging out with my family. And I really just watched movies and like just straight up did nothing all weekend. And it was amazing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Kind of going from that, like, I also didn't realize, like, I was like, I was like ready for break, but I didn't know like that break you know was going to be so important for me because I was finally t- able to like you know wake up whenever do these things kind of go about my day and like not have to worry be like oh my gosh class oh my gosh homework oh my gosh this quiz da, 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 this and that um I only had like a little bit of homework from that class we're in Brie but like I also too like I didn't do it till like the <laughs> night before <laughs> um so but like Again, like you kind of said, Sydney, it was good because, you know, break is when we're just supposed to like not do anything, kind of find time for ourselves after kind of enduring this half the semester so far. So all I really did was kind of go to a wedding um, with my boyfriend and kind of enjoyed it. It was beautiful. And then just like took time for myself, like just like laying around, like not doing anything, which is rare because, you know, we don't really ever get that. So it was it was a really great break. I enjoyed it so much. Oh, that's really nice. And for me, I was somewhat similar, so I did relax, but I do have my own business. So I've um, been working on that, like making new items for my relaunch day that's this weekend. Um, so I've been busy with that, but it was like a good busy, in my opinion. Like, that's something I wanted to do. Like, it's kind of like having a BSU meeting. Like, I want to have a BSU meeting. Mm-hmm. I want to do work. <laughs> like, work. <laughs> So I was able to relax and be able to sleep in. Um, I hung out with my best friend. I haven't seen her in forever. So it was mm-hmm. nice to hang out with her. Um, and I didn't even look at work. Um, I left on Thursday, even though fall break officially starts on Friday. <laughs> I was reading emails Tuesday morning that was back from Thursday. And I was like, I didn't look at any of these things. <laughs> so yeah, so... It was relaxing. It was nice to hang out with family. Um, so, yeah, I just really had a good time. So, yeah, so our fourth cast member today, Daniel, had the opportunity to go to one of our service immersion trips. Um, these trips are for students to get out of their comfort zone and either perform some kind of community service project or just learn about important topics in general. So, Daniel, can you talk about your civil rights trip to Alabama? What happened and what was so rewarding about this trip? All right, well, I think you outlined that very, very precisely. We went on a civil rights immersion trip as a group of 12 students and three adults, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. It might have been 13, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's exactly what it was, what it, what it sounds like, what it meant to be, an immersion in a space of civil rights. Um, this immersion was brought about by um, campus ministry and, and their efforts to try and have us um, immerse ourselves in, um, in these historical sites. Um, 
but it was also an odyssey of the three main civil rights players, three main cities um, and spaces, which were Birmingham, Selma, and Montgomery. We dedicated specific days to the three cities. Um, we started off in Selma, then in Montgomery, and ended the trip off in Birmingham. Um, and each of these um, have a very unique memory of civil rights and a very historical ambiance about them in that uh, they um, are tenants for the pursuit of justice and the different movements that, um, that uh, were inaugurated in these different cities. Um, I don't think people will understand how um, variegated the different approaches and you know just the different happenings that occurred, that happened, <laughs> that's what happenings are in these cities. Um, it just came to be one of the most significant experiences of my lifetime. And I'm sure uh, my peers would concur to the fact that it was very, very uh, revelatory, also very weighted. Um, and I, I can really appreciate um, being in situations like these because they invoke emotion and because they bring about um, it might even seem minor, but bring about change. Just the fact that we were filled with hope and we were able to share our experiences throughout the day. We had reflection um, and prayer every night. Um, and I would lead that alongside one of my other peers. Um, and yeah, it would, it would just be a, a time, a, a safe space for all of us to communicate and um, share with each other what we had discovered or shared with each other what, um, what we had gained. Um, and it's a lot. <laughs> I must say I gained a lot. Um, I even learned to be vulnerable in situations when I had not been vulnerable and I learned a lot about myself as well. So did one of the cities or sites stand out to you the most or like what had the most effect on you? Mm, that's a very good question. You know what? I think there is an exclusivity that pertained to each and every one of them because there were different there were different um, exclaims for movement and different ways through which um, movement was uh, brought about in each city. But if I had to choose, I would have to say Selma. I would have to say Selma. Um, at the Selma was the very first, uh, the very first city we immersed ourselves in, and uh, the very first attraction we had visited was of Lowndes County Interpretive Center. And for those of us who, who uh, for those of y'all <laughs> who did not know about the five-day march from Selma to Montgomery, um, this march was actually commenced in Lowndes County, uh, and a lot of people do not know that. Um, a lot of people don't understand the significance behind Lowndes County, and I'm still trying to do my research on that as well. Um, and then we also visited the National Voting Rights Museum Institute. Um, and this was very significant, of course, because much of the efforts to bring about change at the time during the civil rights movement were rooted in nonviolent uh, accord. Uh, so we can think of groups like the uh, SNCC organization or the SELC with Dr. King and uh, because uh, uh, they were nonviolent.
It brought about paradigmatic change and, and shifts in how we approach civil rights in this nation. Um, and acquiring suffrage for Black people in this country was such a culminative part of our history. But also there was a movement to reinforce these rights because so many things were actively against Blackness and Black prosperity and the exercising of a basic right as a Black person, voting became a tenant for justice. Voting became a vociferous exclaim for how we pursue justice and how uh, we move through uh, how we move through um, the things actively working against what we're trying to attain. And also, <laughs> not to go, um, not to ramble too much, but also Selma, Edmund Pettus Bridge, Bloody Sunday. Uh, we did that towards the end of the day. So that was sort of um, the culmination of the Selma experience. And, there was a lot of tears involved, a lot of uh, anger, happiness, but uh, but because there was such a roller coaster of emotion, there was a full, robust experience and immersion in what Selma um, was all about. I would say. Yeah. So I noticed that you mentioned the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma. Was there anything that you all did that was experienced that will stay with you forever? Or was it something that happened spontaneously or something that wasn't planned? You know what? That's, that's a very good question because I could sit here all day and cite a plethora of things, of course. Um, we wouldn't have enough time. But I do remember uh, in Montgomery when we, when we had visited uh, St. Jude's Catholic Church, um, that was just a full experience for me as a, a spiritual person, but also I noticed that our group, um, our bond had just been fortified by the experience. Um, and for those of us um, who did not know of St. Jude's Catholic Church, um, it actually was a, um, also a tenant for gathering. It hauled um, and was a gathering ground for the movement. <clears throat> And when they had different protests during the civil rights movement or different marches, this would be a gathering ground. And when we had visited, it was actually also a gathering ground for us because we had heard different testimonies, um, very personal testimonies that I won't expound on um, from different people had, who had firsthand experienced the, um, the movement and experienced violence and experienced um, at all at the time as children. Um, and for us, it was sort of a, a, a culminative effort um, as well. We were now in this communal space where we shared um, what we wanted to share with each other. And for me also, like interpersonally, it was um, revelatory of many, many things and also revelatory of my spiritual life. Spirituality and the black church during the movement was huge. It was huge. Um, <clears throat> and um, I had realized that uh, before we had went on the trip, but um, I don't know how I didn't know how much of an impact it would have on me spiritually. So that was that was um, that was a good thing to have experienced, I would say. Well, thank you so much, Daniel. I know that I've learned so much from you. And then thank you for sharing and helping to inspire change. And with that, that leads us to our I Wish I Knew segment. So as you may know, each episode we have 
we have a segment called I Wish I Knew, where if we could talk to our freshman selves or our younger selves, we give them a heads up on a few things. So this week's topic is how to take advantage of breaks. We've touched a little bit on this ourselves, and Daniel talked about his fall break. But what are some of the best ways to spend a break in college, either fall break, Christmas break, or spring break? Are you taking more advantage of these now than you did as a freshman? Um, so for me, freshman year, which was last year, breaks were a little weird. Um, fall and Thanksgiving break were all combined together, and then we went home and didn't come back till January. Um, so kind of I definitely appreciate these breaks a lot um, because to make it to Thanksgiving without a break and then to make it this next semester um, with no break, no spring, no spring break was a hassle and so hard for me, like my mental health, schoolwork. So taking advantage of these breaks is the best thing. Kind of just like literally like close your laptop, put your school bag on the other side, don't even touch it. And then just like, you know, relax. Enjoy, do everything you've been wanting to do, like sleep in some more, take some naps or like be with family that you haven't been with in a while. So just kind of maximizing your time, but still prioritizing yourself throughout the break. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I mean, if it's a shorter break, um, like fall break or spring break, or if it's a longer break, like winter break, I think either way, you should at least dedicate some of that time to just like doing whatever you want to do like treat yourself to whatever is going to make you happy and you know make sure that you're not doing homework that whole time because I mean at the end of the day I mean you heard me talk about you know I had a test but at the end of the day like you know you got to put yourself first sometimes and sometimes the best thing you can do for yourself is to take a break and something I wish I knew as a freshman was you know taking a break doesn't just mean like not working on homework It means like, you know, taking the time to fully do something that I enjoy and actually put everything away. Because sometimes, you know, I'll be like working on homework and studying and then I'll I'll be like taking a break for a little while. And it's mostly just like me sitting on my phone and then I'm like, okay, back to studying. But I didn't, I leave that break feeling still exhausted. So I've learned how to take care of my body, listen to my body and, you know, actually make time to do fun stuff, which I don't get to do all the time when I'm like super busy. I mean, I do, I, I, that came out wrong, but I do have fun, you guys, but I, I <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what I mean, but yeah, I think that's what you can do. And I wish I knew that more as a freshman, but since then I've been able to really utilize the breaks and yeah, I think service immersion is a really good way to spend your break as well. Spent on a spring break and I thoroughly enjoyed that. So yeah, I think there's lots of things you can do. What do you think, Bray? Um, I would say that I did not take advantage of breaks as much as I do now. Um, I was pretty involved in campus, but I wouldn't say as much as I am now. And so like break, I didn't really go home. I kind of treated it as any other weekend. I wasn't really like intentional about like my time and truly relaxing. And I think that's what made the big difference from back then and now. And something that I wish I knew is that like, for me, how I want to define self-care. You know, I think like many times I used to get caught up in like self-care is, I don't know, taking a bath, going on a walk, getting manicures and pedicures, eating sweets until you can't eat sweets no more. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, of course, those things are all great. And like, if that's how you take care of yourself, that's fine. 
But I think a lot of times we don't talk about like self-care is also setting boundaries. It's saying no when your plate is too full. It's being able to choose yourself first um, when you need yourself the most. And so like, that's kind of what I learned. And I, and in that realization, it made me come to understanding that self-care for me, I don't want it to just be a weekend or just a break to be a lifestyle. I want it to be something where I intentionally do things to better myself. Um, And I know like we hear like the saying, it's kind of a cliche, but like you can't pour from an cup, but it's true. Like, you know, we do so much on campus, but like we also have to give ourselves that same grace that we give other people, that same patience, that same love. Um, So yeah, that's kind of like some of the things that I kind of learned about. Um, I'm not trying to sound like a TED talk, TEDx person, I promise. (laughs) thinking about that this weekend and I was just like man I need to do this more (laughs) no for sure for sure I feel like I'm the same way I totally do that and I feel like I even it took me even till this year to really get that down but for sure every day every day should be a treat yourself day (laughs) yes (laughs) that's something I struggle with what you said Brie is like saying no when your plate is too full I have such a hard time saying no because I feel bad because I always want to help others but like you said like sometimes we really do need to like prioritize ourselves first and then others second yeah absolutely but yeah um that was really great like hearing you all's perspective um Daniel how did you best take advantage of your breaks is it more like relaxing or is it kind of like with a service immersion trip are you like mainly building yourself with experiences like just on like what do you think I know for me I'd like to relax but I also need um I need something to do um so I would always invite people um to learn something um if you come out of your trip if you come out of a trip or if you come out of a break in general without having learned anything or maybe learn about, if you're relaxing, learn anything about yourself, um, then that's a problem. You can't, uh, you can't, uh, you can't leave break the same person as you started. So whether that means you're spending time to relax and spending time for yourself and learning about yourself, then that's what that means. Or if you're going on a trip like myself, um, you ought to learn something <laughs> by the <clears throat> by the finalization of of the break. So that would be my answer. And if you can't if you can't find specific things to do, I would say just find a balance. Find a balance in the things you like to do, and also being proactive and um, staying on task. That would be my answer. Well, everyone, that's it for this week's broadcast. Thank you so, so much for listening. And be sure to tell your friends at Rockers about it. Um, please contact us through Instagram if you need anything or you have podcast topic ideas or even questions about Rockers. You can find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify or anywhere you get your podcasts. To watch the discussion, you can go to Rockers' YouTube page at youtube.com slash rockerstalk. So for Sydney and Daniel, as well as our guest, Katia, this is Brianna Merle, and thank you so much for tuning in. (laughs) 